Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Monday, August 8th. Hope you had a great weekend and it's time to see what's going to happen this week when it comes to your markets, your retirement accounts, all those things. Hey, we ended up yesterday or Friday, rather, uh, kind of a mixed bag. And we'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a second. Before we do that, though, let's just remember that uh, when it comes to our retirement, when it comes to our investments, um, there's not a whole lot we can control. Can't control the markets. Can't control what happens with what happens up in Washington D.C. But you can control a couple things. One, you can control your allocations. You can control the amount of risk you have in your current portfolio. The issue is you've got to know what that risk is before you can control it. Give us a call at eight six three. 382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design where we'll help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. That we got Dave coming up next. Point seven Highlands Light FM. We're at 838 here. It's 22 now before nine. Time to check in on your money and find out what Wall Street's doing to your retirement plans and maybe get some ideas to what you can do to counteract the bad effects that it's doing to your retirement plans. Let's head downtown and find out what Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler is doing this morning. Philip, how are you? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well today. Had a great weekend. I hope you did and everybody else did as well. But uh, we start the second week of August. And, you know, August is kind of a doldrum uh, month. Uh, kids are going back to school. Uh, you got everybody back to school shopping. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Earnings season is still about middle of the way through. Uh, we'll continue to watch what earnings do to see uh, if that gives us any idea of what we can expect the rest of this quarter and next quarter. Yeah, it's been kind of a split vote on the earnings season so far. I haven't seen one of those obligatory columns out, you know, selling what percentage beat, what percentage missed and whatnot. But just the, you know, the, the impression I've gotten from the stocks we've been talking about has been kind of a spotty earnings season so far. And uh, as usual, guidance is really driving it, isn't it? It really is, because everybody wants to know what this inflation's doing to companies and what's it going to do to their earnings uh, for this next quarter. Because you and I know that, that that's what drives the price of a stock is its earnings potential. And so that's going to continue to be a, a big deal. And this is one of those times in which if a CEO or a CFO puts into their guidance report, well, we're expecting some real price problems over the next quarter or two. Uh, that's generally a ticket to a pretty bad day for the stock. Uh, it's Monday, which means very little going on. The government isn't dumping any data on us, and we're basically doing postmortems over the weekend. Uh, news items that hit right now are still looking at that inversion of the bond rates. It's kind of interesting. It's just the two that's trading for a higher interest rate than the 30 at the last check I came up with. The other, the other major ones that I'm looking at are pretty well in line, but I'm looking at the two-year Treasury bill running over 3.2, and the 30-year Treasury note is running just over 3 even. And that's a pretty substantial inversion to be looking at. That's got to at least have some of the economists looking askance at our futures. I would think so. I mean, those numbers we continue, and it's been inverted now for for a little while, right? We continue mm -hmm. to watch it, but um, definitely something that uh, gives the indication that you know the recession is is here, and I think we continue to watch that. Hey, the other thing I wanted to let you know, I did finally pull up this uh, 
this little blip here as terms of what the markets did last week, the first week of August. Mm-hmm. We had the Dow was basically flat. The S&P 500 was up a little over six-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ was up 2.3%, and the Russell 2000 was up 2.04% for uh, for the week. That's not a bad way to start. Friday was kind of interesting. I was looking at the three major indexes and saying, okay, that's about what I expect. We had a, an overly hot employment report on Friday morning. Uh, the Dow future, the, the Dow, the Dow 40, went, uh, the Dow 30 rather went up by 76 points. Standard and Poor's was basically flat, down six and three quarters. And the more interest sensitive exchange, the NASDAQ exchange, was down by 63. It was really not an exceptional day by any measure, but thing kind of sort of went in the direction I expected them to. Well, it was, and it, you know, it's not really the way you wanted to end the week, but you know, we got some, I don't know, I'd say we got a little uncertainty kind of thrown in there last week with some of the numbers. And so it was, it was better than it obviously could have been. Absolutely, because now we've got 45 days of reading tea leaves as to what the Federal Reserve is going to do in response to a hot employment market. That's right. But at least we've got a couple more opportunities for the for that to change. Right. We've got another reading really before they meet, if they can get that uh, that those numbers in before that meeting. Yep. This kind of puts investment talking heads into a real awkward position. Yeah. Nobody, including you and me, ever want to cheer for a real downturn in the employment market because that's bad for all of our neighbors. But that having been said, an overly hot employment market is something that will encourage the Federal Reserve to say, well, we need to uh, clamp down on things a little bit more. And that causes even more volatility on the investment market. So somewhere between a deep recession and an overly hot market is probably a happy medium. And uh, as long as the employment market stays healthy, that gives us an opportunity to look at one of those proverbial soft landings for the recession that, based on the gross domestic product, is in effect already. Well, it would. And a soft landing is definitely what we would like to see. And this week, you know, we don't have a lot coming out when it comes to economic news, but we do have the CPI coming out. Um, and I think that's going to be important to uh, to see what that looks like year over year, and and because that'll give us an idea of how much pricing continues to go up. Yeah, and if the uh, if the core once you get rid of the uh, fluctuations on gas prices stay as high, stays as high as it is, that's going to give us another volatility issue. I've got to assume the overall CPI with the decrease in gas prices will be relatively good news. So the top end, top of the hour news reports are going to be trumpeting everything Biden's doing is working, and uh, that'll at the very least help public morale a little bit, even though it may not indicate exactly what's really going on. Well, that, that's right. You know, and I'm sure that will be what they'd be blowing out there to make sure that that people hear that. But it's the core stuff that that is an important thing to see how those prices are going up. Absolutely. The core, just for everybody's benefit, includes uh, the more volatile items in the market basket, like energy and like food, because those do go up and back down again, according to supply and demand. But the overall core CPI, that's going to be what we're watching. And that's been, and I think if I remember correctly, the 65 to 7% range now for a few months. Um, yeah, it has. It was actually last month, it was 59 the expectation right now for July is 6.1 for the core CPI year over year. 
Let's cross our fingers accordingly that that doesn't happen. Uh, the news items over the weekend, uh, the uh, Internet is having a hissy fit over Amazon buying Roomba because now all the conspiracy theorists are saying, oh, my God, that means Amazon's going to be able to uh, monitor your house and map your home. And if, it, if Roomba runs into a toy, that means you've got kids in the house and Alexa can start suggesting new toys for the kids. I'm yeah, they may very well be thinking about that, but I'm trying to figure out how that's going to be the end of civilized life as we know it. Yeah, really. So, But it's all <laughs> about data, right? I mean, I was listening this morning on the way into work that, you know, what's your data worth? What's people? What are people willing to sell their, their information for? That, that's kind of interesting conversation. Absolutely. I, I had a hissy fit. Oh, this is a couple, three years ago, as a matter of fact, when Steve Wozniak, one of the two guys that started Apple, had a hissy fit about how companies like Facebook were using our information to advertise to us. And I said, you know, there is no free lunch. I don't have to make cash for my Facebook or my Twitter account or my use of these tip sheets that I use all the time. And what do I give them in exchange for the privilege of that use? They get to figure out what other websites I've looked at and advertised to me accordingly. It's it, There's no free lunch to be had in the world. You can either pay your money or you can pay your information, one or the other. That, that's right. And that, that's true. There is no free lunch. But, um, people don't always realize that, but but that is the truth. Nothing's nothing's out there for free. Absolutely. Speaking of no free lunch, you pay for chicken. How did Tyson do? They're one of the few reports we got out this morning. <laughs> All right, Tyson. They, uh, you know, they're one of the biggest poultry producers and a beef producer out there. Um, they came in, they made money, $1.94 a share. However, that was four cents less than what everybody expected. Uh, revenue did beat forecast. I'm sure that's because they've been able to raise their price. Uh, beef demand is high. Uh, chicken volume did fall off uh, about 2%. Uh, I'm thinking that's because chicken got just so expensive. Um, so their, uh, their stock did fall down almost 4% this morning, Dave. Ooh, yeah. Chicken is always the cheap meat in the process, and it accelerated percentage-wise even more than beef did. It, it did. I just, I'd go to the store and look at some chicken wings to do or some, some thighs, and oh my goodness, I, I was shocked at the price. <laughs> Screw it. I'll have porterhouse. It's cheaper, you know? <laughs> So the next one we want to go to is um, Barrick Gold. They're a gold mining company. Mm -hmm. Well, they're a mining company. They do more than just gold. Um, and that's what gave them a better than expected uh, return for the quarter. Uh, they also do copper. And it's copper that actually helped them uh, on their top and bottom line. And so they're trading up today about two, almost 2.4% this morning. All right. I'm glad to have Got somebody doing well. So I'm going to give more. you one more, one more, just because it hit a headline. Uh, it's not a company I'm familiar with. We're just talking about data and what it's worth. But there's a company called uh, Planetar, and they are a data analytics company. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of went right along with what we're talking about today. And so uh, they uh, they had an unexpected quarterly loss. And uh, maybe people aren't uh, freely giving them as much information that they can share with other people. Uh, but uh, they lowered their full year forecast as well. Uh, some uncertainty with some government contracts are playing a role there. And they're going to be the big loser for the day, down 14%. Must be all those people using DuckDuckGo or something. Huh? <laughs> One never knows. Oh, tidbit that just came up on my ticker that just I throw out for the sake of giggles. Qantas Airlines, 
They've asked their senior executives to work as baggage handlers now on standby. Oh, boy. That's interesting. That's right. Your, your next baggage monkey may very well be wearing a three-piece suit and come from the executive suite. <laughs> <laughs> recent, re- I don't know why. I didn't get a chance to read the article, but it just struck me as funny. Resetting the table. It was kind of a mixed bag on Friday. The growth stocks ended up losing a little. The blue chips ended up gaining a little bit. 45 minutes before we start this trading week out. How are we doing, Philip? It's looking really good this morning, Dave. Uh, kind of amazing. We got the Dow 30 up a half a percent. We got the S&P 500 up six tenths. And you got the NASDAQ 100 up uh, eight tenths of a percent. And the Russell 2000 right in there with them up a half a percent. On the other side of the coin, we've got uh, silver up 2.3 percent. We got gold up almost a half a percent and crude oil down eight tenths, down to $88.25. I just want to real quickly give you this brief because I thought this was interesting that, uh, well, never mind. It didn't show me what I thought it was going to show me. That's where we're going to start the day out today, Dave. I was just happy to hear 88, regardless of the reason, even though I, as I've said before, I don't like the reasoning why it's tapering off because it ind- it indicates a decreased expectation for demand, but Lordy knows we need it. Overseas markets, it was a mixed bag in Asia. No really big changes on the Asian rim this morning. Hong Kong was off by three quarters of a percent, but that was about it. European markets are looking at our futures and saying, oh, all right, they're fine. They're all trading up. Some of them markedly, as a matter of fact, the French markets are up by over a full percent. If somebody needs advice as far as how to make sure retirement happens the way you plan on it happening, that takes an expert pair of eyes. Philip, how do I find your eyes to make sure I can retire profitably? Well, you know, Dave, it starts with actually having a plan in place. That's a big deal. That's why we developed our core retirement design to help people put a plan in place so they can have the retirement they always dreamed of. Give us a call at 863 382 0037 to schedule your core retirement phone consultation and then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM and back here again tomorrow morning about the same time on Light FM Philip thank you so much you have a good day all right all right man you too Thank you, sir. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, everybody. Again, I want to thank you for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're joining for the rest of this week, every morning, same time, same place. Until then, have a great day. Bye now.